Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host Anant. And I'm your other co-host Rakshak. Welcome to episode 25 of NFL Masala, where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. So today we are going to do a brief, brief recap of week seven and then do a preview of week eight. Basically, um, po- ba- basically it's like a punch minutes. It's our own quick punch minutes on this one. <laughs> exactly. Punch minute of the entire week seven instead of just a segment. Um, and then we're going to start off with some Damakadar news. So first bit of news, Shaq Barrett for the Tampa Bay Bucks has now been uh, declared out for the entire season after suffering a torn Achilles. Oof. So the Bucks' luck goes down even more. And, you know, the Bucks are terrible. The defense is not doing well. And then you just lost your second best player, in my opinion, on the defense to a, a season-ending injury. I think the season is done for the Bucks. If Tom Brady can't improve with the wide receivers and the talent that he already has, then I don't really see a future for the Bucks. I think, you know, this is it. Tom Brady retires at the end of the season and the Bucks move on to the next chapter. But um, yeah, this is a terrible, terrible loss. Shaq Barrett obviously is a great player. Um, he's a very impactful player, especially for the Bucks. And so it is terrible to see, you know, any player go down with injury, but a player of Shaq Barrett's caliber, um, hopefully he gets better pretty soon. And hopefully we can see him terrorize every other quarterback not named Aaron Rodgers next year. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed on that. And um, I mean, all I could say is with the Bucks, there's already one hole in the ship. You see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> and... And 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 um, this is now in ter- comes to term in place with um with personal news um, we ju- I think it's not it's technically not news but it's still big um on October twenty eighth um it was reported that Tom Brady and his wife of thirteen years Giselle Bunchen um have finalized a divorce ending enter ending thirteen years of marriage and months of speculation and um they. And long story short, Brady posted a Instagram post um, detailing what the difficulties, what they were doing this, and it's pain, and it's painful, and they and they and with the final end as always, and we kindly ask for privacy and respect as we navigate what is to come in days and weeks in advance, weeks ahead, and um, I mean, as a person, as a human being, um, it really sucks to see what's happening. And um, I know that, like, like Giselle wanted him to to like come back, like to you know, would prefer to have um, retired. But I mean, honestly, it, it sucks, and I wish him all the best. And I think it may have taken a toll on Brady um, with um, with his oh, not only his game plan, him being frustrated, but but then again, at the end of the day, we're human beings. Um, I don't want to bash on him as the hum- as a as a person, but as a player, um, damn, I don't know what to say. All I could say is for the Bucks, abandon ship, abandon ship, abandon ship. The Bucks are now going to relocate to a tank <laughs> because it's tank bowl season. <laughs> yep, 
Yep. Just uh, just give up at this point. Um. Alrighty. So that concludes the Tamakeda news segment, and now we are going to move on to the recap of week seven. A very short recap because nothing eventful happened, um, as I will discuss. But yeah, so let me get started with the Packers. Um, everything went wrong. Aaron Rodgers is just throwing ducks constantly. Receivers are dropping the ball. Defense is giving up. Play calling is atrocious. Coaching is not up to standard. And there are so many mental mistakes. And I predicted this. You know, I mean, after what happened with the Jets and the Giants, they were definitely going to lose to the commies. And so, yeah, um, special teams is also stinking, thanks to Amari Rodgers. And um, what's worse is... You know, if we lose this week and we don't put up a fight, then the season is lost. I mean, if we lose this week and at least we fought till the bitter end, that's fine. That means, you know, people are not giving up on the season. They're just overmatched in terms of talent and scheme, um, which is very true when you're compared when uh, when you're comparing with the Bucks, but yeah, uh, Bucks Bills. But um, yeah, it was terrible, terrible to watch. Um, enough said for that game what about the eagles Rakshak? yeah well basically the eagles opponent was a bye week um basically this was the time to heal up and oh by the way howie roseman made a move um to the sign robert quinn to a one-year deal contract with the eagles for 2023 fourth rounder howie is going god mode and and what this does it definitely reinforces that defensive end and um of course last year he broke the bear single sack season record with 18.5 sacks however he only has won the season ever since um the departure of Khalil mack and um and of and some pressing injuries with like roquan smith and the others um a, a lot of the a lot of offenses that have been easily figuring out how to stop Robert, like double pre pressuring on Robert Quinn. So that was pretty much it. But now he goes into a, to a set defense that is amazing playing lights out. He'll basically be playing um, like in the rotational with Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, and um, guess, and even better on them. The bears are eating that majority of the salary and the, and, um, and the Eagles converted his contract into um, so that he can he can be let go as a free agent by the end of the year instead of holding on to another two and to the rest of his like two year deal. So how how does Howie Roseman keep fleecing other teams like this? I have man? no. What is this? I have no what idea. What is this it, magic that he's spinning? Uh, like I think he's trying to make up. I I know like um, Howie Roseman will. I, I but somehow I have a feeling he's not done. But I mean, Howie Roseman is going God mode. I mean, what a hell of an off season. I mean, you, I mean, you sign Hassan Reddick, you get um, Kazir White. Those two have been playing out of their freaking minds, mm -hmm. and then um, AJ and then Brown, AJ Brown during the James draft, Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and now Robert Quinn is like, damn son, you're like. I mean, like Howie Roseman is signaling to Nick Sirianni and the others, like, yeah, it's going undefeated, but this is not, but the job is not done. Just like Kobe Bryant always said, the job's not done. The goal is to get to this. To, I mean, I mean, of course, I'm setting my expectations very low. Get to the get to the playoffs. Win a win a win one win one playoff game. That'll be it. But I think they're saying like, we see your plans. 
we're taking your plants and throwing it to the ground. We're going to go Eagles going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, God. And for that. But in this case, but in order to make room for that, Eagles had to release Teron Jackson, a 2021 six-round draft um, defensive end pick. But then he they brought him back to the, to the practice squad after releasing Cameron Dicker, the kicker, which I screamed, no! <laughs> and that, that was pretty much it from the Eagles. Nothing new. How, he, how he's going God mode. He, like, Cowboys... Your time is up. Our time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. I'm wrapping. Yeah. You know, <laughs> All righty. So that concludes what happened to the Eagles this week. And now on to my game of the week segment, the Browns versus the Ravens. Um, it was a pretty predictable win for the Ravens. Uh, Cleveland took the early lead based on the run game, but uh, they lost it well into the second quarter. The Ravens almost had the lead, uh, almost lost the lead at the end. Very predictable uh, with Cleveland. But, you know, they were able to uh, stop themselves because Cleveland was shooting themselves in the foot. And that's why the Ravens won. It wasn't really Lamar winning it for them. It was just, you know, Cleveland having a lot of those mistakes. Two lost fumbles, three total fumbles, six penalties for 45 yards. You just can't win if you're turning over the ball that much and if you're that undisciplined. So, yeah, Ravens won 23-20. And it was a key fumble that lost, you know, the game for the the Browns. So, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't play well, uh, to his standard at least. But that was the game. What about yours? Um, basically, Chiefs and Niners. It was a recap. It was basically the um the the quote unquote revenge game for the 49ers after since they lo- they blew a tent a double digit lead to the to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, in which we saw one which we saw two teams other than Tom Brady and the Patriots get in, which was great. It was a it was a it was a good um cha- change in scenery, right? Mm-hmm. Much, and then but apparently. What's thought, what uh, we thought was to be a close game um, turned out to be a colossal beatdown of proportions by the Chiefs. Just because you have Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't mean you do Jack. That's what we know. Because I think, like, of course, Chiefs went down early um, after throwing a couple of picks. After, um, after Mahomes threw that horrible pick, San Francisco was leading 10 to 20. It was like 10 to nothing. But then all of a sudden... Chiefs, what did they do? They stormed back. They stuck with that run game. And Niners' defense without Nick Bosa is mid. Telenoa Hufunga. I'm going to call him T-Money. I'm going to call him T-Sizzle right there. No, T. No, no, no. no, Okay, I need it. We need new. That's disrespectful right there. We need a, no, the Tonga, the, the Terra, no, the, um, we need a new nickname for him. We can think about it later. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Um. Again, Niners fans, pardon, pardon my, um, part of my butchering. But other than that, um, Chiefs, what Chiefs went off like they they start, and I think mainly the third quarter, uh, in the second half, um, Niners defense again, Niners defense with a Bosa mid and Sky Moore, he muffs a punt and the Niners recover. But then Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, um, he's also just in time for the holidays. He's running a charity, dude. You know, he's been giving away. He's giving back to the community. By um by tossing a pick <laughs> to Josh Williams rookie and um 
and one big note things that I've checked on the box score and and Marcus and Marquise Valdez Scantling um like those two guys other than Travis Kelsey are proving to be big uh, um big receiving options and Miko Hardman I see him going hybrid a little bit of rushing and um some get it with a pair of rushing touchdowns um but at the end Kansas City 44 um San Francisco 23 Christian McCaffrey had an okay um had an like had an okay debut I mean he was eight for 30 um he basically went um he had 62 yards um total total scrimmage yards 10 with 10 scrimmage touches but I uh, I don't know what what Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle, uh, is doing I mean he's more of a game manager I mean 303 yards two touchdowns one interception on that he wasn't that impressive and Chiefs defense had had a huge second half, a couple of second half stops, which involved five sacks and two picks. They limited to San Francisco's um, second half points to ten. Like they held San Francisco to ten points in this in the entire second half, man. And oh, That's I'm sorry, incredible. Nick Bosa played the game, but they looked really, really shaky, man. And I think like with with the way that Pat Mahomes is saying, all right, no Tyree kill, no problem. We're just we're gonna beat you by running the ball. We're gonna beat you by throwing and by creating more options, more smart plays. That's pretty. That was pretty much what was happening. Not too bad, Mahomes. Not too bad. And I also want to say congratulations to Patrick Mahomes on getting into the Texas Tech Ring of Honor um, lat, um, yesterday, which. Also involved Baylor beating, um, euthanizing the Red Raiders forty-five to seventeen. So, ouch! Not a good way to go. Uh, yeah, on to the punch minute segment. Falcons versus Bengals. Bengals are back, baby. Burrow since week one, he has thrown for a thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine yards, thirteen touchdowns, one interception, averaging a passer rating of hundred and eleven point twenty-seven. And in all games minus the Dallas game, he has been sacked less than four times each, with the max Damn. being three. So that's just fantastic news for all Bengals fans right there. That's why they're winning so much. You see, you protect Burrow, you win. Colts yeah. versus Titans. Yep. Colts versus Titans. Matt Ryan is back, baby, to his original level, which is a bottom 10 QB. <laughs> Very sad news for uh, Colts fans. Jets versus Broncos. We are now living in a land where the Jets are 5-2, and two, and A-Rod, Brady, and Wilson are amongst the worst QBs in the league. Really, the times are changing. Texans versus Raiders. See, this is what happens when your number one running back runs the ball. He gets 143 yards, three touchdowns, and you score 38 points. Freaking Josh McDaniels stuck to the run. Josh McDaniels. Anyways, Steelers versus Dolphins. At least two is back, so that's great. Other than that, it was a terrible game to watch. And that's it from my side. What about yours, Raksha? Nice. Um, very well done. I want to say, and then... And with that, Saints versus Cardinals. <sighs> what to say, what to say. The Saints are who we thought they were. Dalton is is um started the game and he threw two pick sixes. Kyler, um, Kyler Murray actually showed some emotion at Cliff Kingsbury when trailing late in the first half. And then because and guess what happens? When Kyler and Cliff are arguing, good things tend to happen. You know why? Because the Cardinals defense stepped up and had two pick sixes to change the entire game. 
my one played okay. No, I mean it wasn't too exciting all other than deep other than that beatdown defense and that that number one draft pick the Saints gave to the Eagles is looking so much sweeter. Wow. So keep on tanking. Roll them tanks. 40, 42, 34 card um cards over the Saints. Lions versus Cowboys. Uh Anant, I'm gonna be needing Pepto Bismol for this one. But um <laughs> Lions held Lions held the held um Dak Prescott's return and the offense to 10 points before that fumble at the Dallas goal line. Then Lions defense is so bad, it'll take some time to to become better. But hey, Hayden Hutchinson's got a sack, so yay. Cowboys offense looks better in the second half when you run the ball. Pollard should be uh, should be used more. And speaking of which, Zeke is gonna be out for the um for this upcoming game. So hey, if you got Tony Pollard on your fantasy, run him to the moon. And of course, losing Amon Ross St. Brown to concussion and DeAndre Swift really hurts the Detroit offense. They lose 24 to 6. Giants versus Jags. Anand, how in the blue hell? See what I did? Blue. How in the blue <laughs> hell are the Giants 6 and 1? And Brian Dable really does wonders and helps Daniel Jones out with great, with not just running the ball and some good passing and good running options. Also, great defensive play calling. Trevor Lawrence with some mistakes at the at the second half. Um, Dougie P is not. Um, he's. He, I think he's getting over himself. Uh, Lawrence and the Lawrence game ending pass to Christian Kirk was so close, but one yard short. That actually reminded me of uh, my first Super Bowl that I watched between the Tennessee Titans and the St. Louis Rams. One play, McNair throws it all the way to um, Kevin Dyson. He gets really close to the to the to the to the goal line. But he is stopped one yard short. It was very excruciating because I was supporting the Titans at that time, and I was actually crying. First Super Bowl game, I was crying when I saw the Titans lose to the Rams. Yeah, and and Giants dominated the run game, two hundred thirty-six yards, and Daniel Jones runs eleven times for one hundred seven yards and one touchdown. Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! Bucks for, and Giants win a close one, twenty-seven to. Um, no, 23-17. Bucks versus Panthers. Panthers 31, and Panthers 21, Bucks 3, Bucks and Brady. You lost to a bottom-feeding Panthers without rule, Mayfield and, and Christian McCaffrey. Epic fail. P.J. Walker, 16 for 22, 177, two touchdowns. Not too bad. Panthers are one. Or the shocking thing is the Panthers are one game behind the Bucks and the Falcons for the NFC South number one spot. And how do you miss this catch, Mike Evans? Come on, man! You you nearly screwed me over fantasy. Make that damn catch. That's all I ask for. That's what America asks for. Seahawks and Chargers. Anand, how are the Seahawks leading the NFC West from the basement? God only knows. And one more thing, Kevin Walker, Kenneth Walker the third is a grown man. What a pick by the by the Seahawks during the NFL draft. 168 yards, two touchdowns. Just played well. And Chargers, wow. Three first quarter drives stopped on fourth down on all of them. Herbert sacked first part, second part, second drive. Picked up third part. Sack fumble for a loss. This Seahawks rookie defensive class is amazing to watch, my man. They're so good. So Bears versus Pats. Um, Mac Jones didn't work out. So 
apparently the fan base was chanting for a we want zappy and i think that might have been the dagger that killed his confidence and psyche and bailey zappy comes in yeah of course he leads the two touchdown drives to 14 10 but it does absolutely nothing or 14 13 yeah no yeah 14 13 apparently matt patricia as an offensive play caller is a cardinal sin he should be arrested um and he should be put to jail or detention i don't care he should not he should be only he should only be um coaching defense not offense justin fields did not have a good game good game but the offense was able to rearrange the game plan to help fields by showing more design runs and running the ball more you know what they did 243 yards rushing and two touchdowns nice and the bears defense forced four turnovers not too bad not too bad bears win 33 14 that's all all righty so that concludes the punch minute segment and now on to the masala moment of the week i'm going to start and say it was the play where kenny pickett learned the ways of steelers qbs of forcing balls into places you shouldn't. Um, by the way, it was the final interception by Javon Holland at 2.57 left, uh, 2.57 minutes left in the fourth quarter, which is the game-ending interception. And so that was my Masala moment of the week. What about yours, Akshak? My Masala moment of the week... Um... If you, I was watching um, Bears and Lions, uh, no, um, Lions and Cowboys for a little bit. Is this just in the first half? Dak Prescott, he throws a pass to Noah Brown um, from the Detroit 24. He runs it to six, to six, but the one sequence which still shocks to me Noah Brown gets flipped over. As he's getting flipped, he loses the ball and fumbles it. The Lions, the Lions recover it. At that part, did you see that play? It was mind blowing. No, I was unable to watch that play. <laughs> yeah, but it was crazy. Mm. Alrighty, so that concludes the Masala moment of the week segment, and that actually concludes the week seven recap. Now on to week eight preview. <clears throat> so I'm gonna get started with Packers versus Bills. We all know that the Bills are like the the number one team in both offense and defense, right? Except for running the football. They're surprisingly the 28th in the league at negative 18.8% uh, rushing offensive DVOA. But I want to know, how are the Packers 10th in offensive DVOA in the league? How? What? They what? are the 10th best offensive team in the league. In terms of DVOA. How is that possible? I mean, with the eye test, we're not a good offense. But the stats say otherwise. Like with the eye test, you can clearly see we can't run the ball well. We don't, uh, when we do run the ball well, we don't, you know, put an effort to continue to run the ball well. We can't throw the ball because Aaron Rodgers just cannot throw and our receivers cannot catch. But somehow we're the 10th best offense in the league somehow and our passing offense is like 14th and the sad part is that our defense is now ranked 25th in the league in terms of dvoa and the special teams is back to 29th 
from 14th just two weeks ago. Come on now. This is just redonkulous here. Like, I, I don't get the stats. I mean, even if you were to take a look at the offensive line, Green Bay is fifth in terms of run blocking, which actually makes a lot of sense because the Packers do run the ball well when they run the ball. Um, but they're also 10th in terms of adjusted sack rate at 5.5%. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is getting pressured that much, right? I mean, it's only 10th. It's, it's not terrible, but for some reason, the stats are deceiving us and our eye test is wrong. I mean, like, am I the only one here? Like, Am I crazy to think that the Packers actually have a chance against the Bills? I because, don't know, man. you know, if if the NFL stats gods are saying it, then with that confidence, I'm going to say that we beat Buffalo in Buffalo 28-25. Oh, Lord. We beat Buffalo. We get our offense back on track. We get our defense back on track. We're going to the Super Bowl. If I had... I I don't know what to tell you, dude. I do not know what to say to you. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I feel like like I'm just becoming a a Cowboys fan. No! I will. I will try. For the and, uh... love of, for the love of God, please don't do this to yourself, man. <laughs> do not do this to yourself. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, on to the Eagles. With my team, um, the Eagles. We are um, Eagles are facing of against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, the Steelers of Pittsburgh. With all of their high-end talent now decimated with injuries, um, so looking at, lo- I mean, looking into this match, this is technically a game that the Eagles should easily win. However, I um, with with um, Eagles coming off of a bye and getting some players back from injury, especially that offensive line, and but not being able to continue that um, game by game momentum. Anand, I'm calling this another trap game. I'm calling this a trap game of the highest order because I think because with somehow would like um because of uh because I would have to think that the Steelers will like and Mike Tomlin like there's you cannot underestimate this team at all because even with Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. The state uh, the Eagles have this tendency to not score to, to like score very limited points in the third and the fourth quarter. So with that being said, the Eagles need to run up the score. They need to keep on scoring. And a couple of things that I have for the st- for the Eagles offense, um, it, the Eagles offense can hold can hold with all with um can definitely hold up against the Steelers with um. That Steelers defensive line, because I just heard that TJ Watt was not activated, was not activated from injury reserve in time to play in this game. And another big one is um, Larry Ogunjobi, defensive tackle. Those two, along with Mark, along with Mark Robinson, um, linebacker, 
that is going to be very, very huge for this line for this defensive for this defensive end because um right now this this definitely helps Jalen Hurts um to hold up any like pressures or or even the blitzes. So what I would say is um Jalen Hurts, he he has to continue playing mistake free football, only two picks a season. Just keep on doing and dominate with the run game more. Now that those players, now that those key players are out, except for Cam Hayward to keep keep an eye on, what Anand, what do you think the Eagles should do? It starts with an R. It ends, it begins with a U. No, it starts with an R, then a U, then an N. Yes, run the ball. Keep on running it up with Miles Sanders and um and Boston Scott Kenny Gainwell combo. And definitely, the, and of course, the Steelers cornerbacks, um, um, they're actually going to be missing Levy Wallace and Josh Jackson, which is a huge, huge blow. But you do not want to underestimate the safeties tandem in Minka Fitzpatrick's and, and um, Terrell Edmonds. And I think Edmonds will be making a return. So in that case, go heavy with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and, and, um, and A.J. Brown. I would also like to see more distribution between the wide receivers. Especially with more um, Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal, and Hurts keep on playing free uh, mistake-free football and try and take deep shots in the middle. If you can do that, I think that's where the Eagles will strive to be better. And then with the Eagles' defense against the Steelers' offense, Kenny Pickett had a rough start. He's averaging a QBR of forty-one point one, two touchdowns, seven interceptions. His three biggest receivers, the three biggest threats um, in the receiving core is going to be um, John, um, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens. And Pickens is the guy I would um, that they definitely need to watch out because he's so good with contested catches. Um, some people, I call him like the next LBJ because of those circus catches that he's been making. I mean, so far, four games, 21 catches, 273 yards, one touchdown, not too bad. I would say put James Bradbury on him because... He um because Bradbury has been becoming that shutdown corner, and he has that size advantage. But with Pickens running on a deep on a deep threat, I would also keep a safety on him like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and also just to watch out for Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And hell, and I would put either Dari I would put Darius Slay on either Deontay or Chase Claypool. And then with Maddox coming back, that'd be great too. Um, Steelers will will definitely um, relying more on Pat Fryermuth. Um, am I saying that name right, Pat Fryermuth? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, um, Fryermuth. Yeah, Fryermuth, and he's been playing. Um, he, he's been playing very very well. So I say, um, j- have a linebacker like Kazir White to keep an eye out on, and TJ Edwards playing as QB spy because Kenny Pickett can also run. If you remember that college game tape that he has done. That's what he can do. Like, and the last time the Eagles played a mobile QB like Kyler Murray, they kept one linebacker QB spy, and they targeted with edge rushers. So you can see more with Josh Sweat, um, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, and yes, Robert Quinn. And I just got a, some Damake Dar news for you, my man. Guess what? Um, Robert Quinn is going to be making his first start. He's going to be taking some snaps today. Oh, so, nice. Uh, yes, and... And another huge um, update: the Steelers, with the Steelers' offensive line being like really, really weak, they're going to be missing Kendrick Green, and 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 also on their left side, um, Moore and Dotson. They have been combined for twelve penalties. So I could see. Um, so basically, if 
Bulls, if you want to shut down Najee, you can. The first thing you got to do is shut down the run game with Najee Harris, because the Steelers are really good with their um run. Uh, apparently, they're really good with their pass blocking, but run blocking is a bit too weak. So, I would like to see more Jordan Davis, and um and bring him up to speed with the four man front. Keep up, put pressure with pressure with your defensive lineman. If you can get to the quarterback. That'd be great. If you can force turnovers, even better. Wow. And another big update. Chris Boswell, their kicker, is going to be out. And they're putting in a they're putting in a rookie, Nick Skiba, Nick Skiba, who has no NFL regular season experience. This and and um <clears throat> and, and and like with this, the Eagles should comfortably win this game. Like, I want to say 33 to 33 to 10 but then again they're this type of team that like and of course special teams bring covey please catch the ball don't screw up on special teams i swear please don't screw up on special teams please don't screw up on special teams that's gonna be like my mantra don't get into an early hole just run the ball keep attacking attacking Eagles, I'm confident they can win 33-10, but because the because of the line being like up to like 11.5 in favor for the Eagles, I'd say it would be a 33-22 game because that's football. It's chaos. Okay. So that concludes the Eagles versus Steelers preview. Now on to Dolphins versus Lions. My game of the week. Uh, Miami apparently has the sixth highest ranked offense and the third highest ranked passing offense while facing the third toughest schedule. So it really shows the wonders that Mike um, McDaniels or Mike Daniels. I think Daniels. Mike McDaniel. Is it Mike McDaniel or Mike Daniels? It's Mike McDaniel. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it really shows the wonders that Mike McDaniel has done for this football team, especially for improving to a Tungavailoa. And so this is a really, a really surprising, well, not surprising, but an eventful outcome considering that they have the two of the fastest receivers in the NFL with Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle. And then now they have Raheem Mostert. And then, and then they also have Mike Gesicki, who's not like the fastest guy, but who's a great receiving tight end. So it's a really, really good offense and is really fun to watch, especially when Tua was healthy. And so, you know, we know that their offense is really good, especially their passing offense. Now for Miami, their pass defense is not that good. It is ranked 25th in the league, primarily because of a tough schedule that they face. So the third ranked, uh, third toughest schedule, right? Um, and also injuries, right? So you had Xavier Howard who left the game, and then he's now listed as questionable. You also have, um, in terms of the secondary, you have Byron Jones who's out. You have Eric Rowe who is out. You have Nick Needham who's uh, who's on IR. You have Brandon Jones who's on IR. Trill Williams who's also on IR. So you don't really have that much um, of depth, right? Your your star corners aren't really um, uh, what is it? 
in in a healthy situation right now. Like Xavier Howard was just moved from questionable to healthy, so at least we have that. But um, you know, that is what their primary weakness is, is their pass defense. Um, and it's also going to go up against the Lions' 19th-ranked pass offense. We all thought that they would be terrible. Now, their passing offense is pretty good, right? It's 19th in the league, so it's not terrible, but it's decent. And so it should be an interesting thing to watch, right? How this Miami passing uh, defense holds up against the Lions' um, passing offense. But the flip side to this coin is that the Lions <laughs> are second to last in terms of pass defense. They are 31st in the league. And so <laughs> it might just be a blowout if Miami is just... Miami, in all likelihood, is going to score like 28, 30 points right, against, against the Lions. Now, it's going to be a question of if the Lions can keep up with Miami's uh, scoring. Either way, the pass defenses are not great for either team. And so we might see a very high-scoring game, right? Miami's probably going to throw for four or five touchdowns, maybe a couple field goals here and there. So 30 points, right? Now we have to see if the Lions can match up and and continue with the Miami Dolphins' pace. And I say they fall just a bit short. It's going to be an entertaining game, but they fall just a bit short. And so I predict that the Dolphins win 30-27. to What about your game? Ooh, that's actually... Um, I, I, I mean, I could say it's a Big 12 shootout. No defense, all offense. Yeah, yeah, basically. My pick, my uh, my game that I'm picking is going to be Giants versus Seahawks. Who would have thought a six and one team going up against in the number one NFC West? Team. Who would have thought, bro? What is Who? what is this world that we're living in? I have no idea, dude. I have no idea. And this, and I think this is like a red hot Giants team that is playing really, really good football. I mean, all credit to them. They're going up against this Seahawks team that's um re- that that have recently found their footing. I mean, if you think about it, like this Geno Smith, he's playing out of his mind. He beat his he beat um his starter now uh, now playing like a bench warmer, Russell Wilson. Um and and guess what? The emergence of Ken Walker the third has been witnessed by all teams in the NFL. He is here to save the day instead of Derrick Henry. At um, But one thing is, I think this is going to be a battle of who runs the ball a lot more. And, if you, and according to ESPN, the Giants are the number two rushing team <laughs> in the NFL uh, behind the Chicago Bears. Are you serious? I kid you not. The Bears are um, the the Bears uh, um, are averaging 181 yards rushing yards per game. Giants are behind with 173.4. Wow! This is due to the likes of Daniel Jones, who can run the ball. Like I mean, like you better tackle him, and and not only that, like Saquon Barkley has entered uh, went up to the world and say, "Allow me to introduce myself." 
after after so many years being plagued with injuries, man, it is good to see Saquon back on the field. If you could have helped out Penn State against um, Ohio State yesterday, that would have been really helpful. But then again, he's older and he has a life. And the Seahawks are actually 10th in the league, 10th in rushing, averaging 137 yards. And of course, this is due to the emergence of Ken Walker. And with the early injuries of like Brashard Penny, Rashard Penny, who is like on season ending IR, hopefully he'll up. Ken Walker, the third, has taken steps up. And it, I, I don't know what happened, but whatever it is that they're doing, whatever the Seahawks are, are pulling off, it's working. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. if they're run if they're running the ball a lot more and they're able to score points, they need to keep up with that. And 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 a couple of things and and some big news that I just found out today: DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are expected to play today. This will definitely, definitely, definitely help Geno Smith out, and it's going to be adding a lot more pressure to this Giants defense. Um. And, and and I mean, all credit to the Giants' defense. They're like, um, they're only allowing like 355 yards per game, but the way that they're forcing it is through like, is the great play calling. They're plus three internal. They're they have a plus three turnover differential, and Daniel Jones has not ha- has been playing like very smart. He's not turning over the ball, so. One thing that I can see how one way the Giants can win this game is, um, of course, focus more on the running game, bring it more to Saquon Barkley. And if the receivers can actually um, do this act called catching a ball, it could definitely work out. You know what I mean? You, you know how catching a ball works. You take one hand and you have another hand, right and left hand. When the ball is coming towards you, you bring your hands a little bit closer and make it like a net, catch it. That's all you got to do. Do, do it, it, exactly that, that's 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 all you have to do just just bring your two hands closer and then catch it yeah but um definitely one of the, i mean other than catching the ball the giants we strength on the offensive line um they they're basically um average uh, again they're averaging 173 yards in the ground and um and and apparently daniel jones has con- contributed 338 yards the third most rushing yards among quarterbacks behind lamar jackson and justin field and seattle's run defense is tied for 29th in average rushing yards allowed 149 yards per game like close to 150 so just keep on running the ball and you're opening up the play action and get into that red zone and one stat that i found out um this is according to sports illustrated giants um, Giants are actually 50% convert or 50% um, in converting once inside the red zone over the last three weeks. They lead the NFL in red zone possessions in 14, 14 possessions come away with seven touchdowns over that span. And this Seahawks defense has allowed 41.3% of its opponents drives to reach the end zone. So Seattle, you better step up on that. And the Giants will be also without Kadarius Tony because he got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. However, the um, some big news for the Giants: they're going to be without um, their their starting left guard, Brett um, Ben Bredesen, who's now on IR with a knee sprain, and right tackle Evan Neal. So that Yikes. really really sucks. So if I'm Seattle, you I mean. 
you have to attack. You have to keep on targeting that area. And, and the Giants are actually like 20. Uh, um, and in terms of like rush, the worst rush defenses, the Giants are actually 28th ranked again, 20, have the 28th ranked run defense. They have allowed 144.4 yards per game. So Ken Walker, the Kenneth Walker could, I could see him having a huge game. And here's one key stat you got to know against the Chargers. He, I mean, like since against the Chargers, he is averaging 3.96 yards after contact. The Giants' defense have missed, have, have 35 missed tackles on an average of five per game. Dang. What are you thinking about that? Dang, that's uh, you got to wrap up. Yeah, and and of course, like you could say, shut down. And of course, it's easier said than done. Shut down the run game, and you force Geno Smith to throw. But if you're getting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett back. It's going to be a long day, and it's not going to be – and I'm calling this game to be very, very close. However, I'm going to say the Seahawks win this game 23-20. to 20. It's going to be an ugly running game. Who runs the ball more? Who commits the fewest mistakes? I can see this going very close, but I would be not surprised if the Giants pull off this dub. All righty. So that wraps up the preview for week eight. And that actually wraps up our episode for today. So if you guys enjoyed it, please leave us a review at one of the four platforms where we host this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Pocket Cast. Or send us an email at nflmasala at gmail.com spelled as nflmasala at gmail.com. And we're going to hit you with our signature outro. Go Pack Go. And fly, eagles fly. Take care, everybody.